Good morning. It has been a big 24 hours in the news, so let's jump in. It is Wednesday the 23rd of June and my name is Zara, joined today by Sam Kozlowski. On the agenda today, we are talking about COVID numbers in New South Wales. Barnaby is officially the Deputy PM. Some good news about India. And we're going to chat about how developing nations are handling the pandemic and specifically the vaccine rollout. Here's today's Daily Digest. So 8pm last night, we had five cases in New South Wales. Since 8pm, we've had an additional seven cases. That was New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian talking about New South Wales's cases yesterday. And I, for one, found it a bit confusing because of the way that New South Wales is now reporting their COVID numbers. So to break it down, there were five locally acquired cases that were reported in the 24 hours to 8pm the night before last. There were then another seven new cases recorded on Monday night. So that brought all of the cases to 12 and brought the cluster to 21 cases. We also learned that masks are now going to be required to be worn on public transport and in indoor settings across the whole of Sydney, not just those LGAs we knew about earlier. So the masks mandate was meant to wrap up tomorrow. We're now going to revisit that in seven days' time. I have to admit... Our Instagram audience surprised us with the level of engagement around the new Deputy Prime Minister, Barnaby Joyce. We weren't expecting such interest in this story, but it's obviously grabbed everyone's attention. Barnaby Joyce was sworn in officially as Deputy Prime Minister yesterday. There's also a really good photo of him like pushing his child's face away as he tries to run into the photo with him, Scott Morrison and the Who was on the General. screen. Yeah, great. Go check it out. So Morrison was there on video conference while under home quarantine. He's there for another 11 days. In the next few days, we're expecting a cabinet reshuffle because there's a new front bencher in Barnaby Joyce. So we're expecting some movement there. We'll keep you up to date. It's not just Barnaby Joyce that will be the new addition to the front bench. We're expecting some of his closest allies to also get some promotions. So we will keep you updated. We're going international for the next story and the Swedish parliament has backed a no-confidence vote against Prime Minister Stephen Lofven, meaning he now has a week to resign and give the Speaker the job of finding a new government or call a snap election. The no-confidence motion that required 175 votes in the parliament to pass was actually in the end supported by 181 votes. Lofven is the first Prime Minister in Sweden's history to be ousted by a motion put forward by opposition lawmakers. This is a first in Swedish history. Lofven is actually the first Prime Minister to be ousted by a motion put forth by opposition lawmakers. And today's good news, before we jump into some discussion around how the developing world is going with their vaccine rollouts, I thought I would bring you some good news from India. Now, they have administered a record 8 million COVID-19 vaccines in 24 hours on Monday. Something did change, though. There was a new vaccine policy with Narendra Modi, who's the Indian Prime Minister, saying today's record-breaking vaccination numbers are gladdening. The vaccine remains our strongest weapon to fight COVID-19. In one of our more effortless transitions into our deep dive today, we wanted to talk about how developing nations are handling COVID-19 and specifically how vaccination rollouts are going around the world. We heard a little bit from the G7 summit last week about pledging of vaccines to developing countries. So we wanted to give you a bit of context and a bit of colour around what the vaccine rollout looks like in places like, as we just discussed, India. 
So here's a basic lay of the land. Of the 80 low-income countries involved in the vaccination distribution scheme, which is called COVAX, at least half of them do not have sufficient vaccines to be able to sustain their programs right now. And that's according to the WHO. If we take India, for example, they've recorded nearly 30 million cases and 380,000 deaths that we know of from the virus so far. Their vaccination program is going well, as we heard this week, but it still sits at about 5% of the total population so far, and there are major shortages in many states. I think it's important to remember that even though we're not reading about the Indian second wave in the headlines at the moment, they are still very much grappling with a major spread of the virus in the Mm. country. It does strike me that a lot of reporting about COVID has been pretty Western-centric. So what is the latest in Africa? You and I have mentioned that throughout the Mm. pandemic. We haven't really been brought news by agencies like the BBC and other international news organisations about how things in Africa are going. There is news from the continent, however, this week with a revelation that Uganda, Zimbabwe and Trinidad and Tobago are a few of the countries who have reportedly run out of vaccines in recent days. There's been 40 million doses administered across the continent. Where are most of those being administered? We know there's been a massive rollout in South Africa, which was a country hit very hard by their first and second waves. We also know that areas of North Africa, so think Morocco and Egypt, are having relative success with their vaccine rollouts. But for the rest of the continent, if we look at Africa as a whole, it's sitting at about 2% of the population. In case you were wondering, Australia is currently sitting just above 2.7% of the population being fully vaccinated. I was particularly interested in finding out whether any countries in Africa were producing vaccines of their own, and I managed to find out that South Africa are in the process of setting up a regional hub to produce more vaccines. Now, as in the Australian context, we know that a regional centre of production means that the vaccine rollout can be much quicker. So hopefully this will be a great step forward for the entire continent. Now, earlier in the pod, we talked about the G7 and this COVAX plan, the ability for developed countries to distribute some of their vaccines across the developing world. So let's dive into the numbers. The US are clearly leading the charge here. President Biden has pledged 500 million doses that would be distributed through the COVAX network. At the G7, he pledged an extra 50 million just to get people in the room up and about. I too get people up and about with vaccines. I picture kind of like an auction at a charity night where people go, 50 million. You get it. And then Boris Johnson says, I'll take 80. Except he didn't because the US are leading. And that is the key criticism that a lot of developed countries are facing is that they are being criticised for vaccine hoarding. Now, it's obviously a really complicated issue. I mean, think about us in Australia right now. The vaccine rollout is under such immense public scrutiny and pressure that if Prime Minister Morrison got up and pledged a whole heap of vaccines to countries in the South Pacific or countries around us that really needed it, I dare say there would be a bit of pushback on that decision. So it's a complex topic to navigate. But the bottom line is this, there seems to be a really polarising choice ahead for developed countries. It's a choice between economics and self-sustainability in terms of COVID vaccines and morals. And it's definitely occurring at a time where countries are turning inward rather than leaning into globalisation and this sort of inextricable linkability that we have as a globe. I'd be really keen to hear what our readers and listeners think about 
this topic, whether we should be continuing to look inward while our vaccine regime gets on its feet or whether we should be turning our attention to the developing world. That is a lovely segue into our farewell for today. If you have any thoughts or comments, please slide into our DMs at The Daily Oz and join our budding community of 120,000 young Australians. We would love to have you there. Have a fabulous day.